Get ready, competitor nation. You're going to hear today from a CrossFit Games athlete, Titan Games performer, tactical games competitor, entrepreneur, and all-around great person. Get ready for today's episode and interview with Margot Alvarez. My name's Jake Thompson. I'm a speaker, author, and most importantly, your chief encouragement officer. Welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Good morning, Competitor Nation. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Or if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday morning, which means I am have the opportunity to bring on some incredible people, pick their brain about their competitor mindset. How did they build their growth mindset? How did they change their relationships with failure? How did they adapt to uncertainty or adversity? All the type of conversations that are going to help you take actionable steps in your own life, in your own career, to continue and show up and compete every single day. And today is no different as I get to welcome in Margot Alvarez. For those in the CrossFit community, you know Margot's name very well as she's a multiple CrossFit Games athlete. She starred on season two of NBC's Titan Games. She is a tactical games competitor. She is the entrepreneur and founder of Goat Wine. That's right, the greatest of all time wine. And she's just an awesome individual. And today we had a chance to get into a little bit of her story, how she's developed and cultivated this mindset, what her passion for life is all about, and how as an elite performer, someone constantly pushing to be her best, she still enjoys and makes times for life's special experiences and doesn't want to miss those moments of engagement, of conversation, and interaction. So there is a ton to learn from one of the world's best athletes, performers, but also one of the world's best people. So get ready for today's great episode. As we dive into the show, I want to encourage you, if you have not joined us yet, head on over to competitornation.com and join the free online community. If you are a professional, if you are leading others, if you're managing a team, if you're doing what it takes to grow within your career, Competitor Nation is the place to be. We've got a cohort of leaders and individuals from all over the world talking about ways we can continue to improve ourselves, but as well as improve the people we lead. How can we pour into our teammates? How can we pour into our direct reports? How can we work with managers and leaders within our own organization to continue to climb within our career and show up and compete every single day? To be that source of optimism, of competitive drive within our culture so that our team can achieve the results they've set. All you got to do is head on over to competitornation.com, join us there, and you'll find a ton of discussion boards, you'll find a ton of great leaders and people to get connected with, and you'll find a great community to spend some time with. So competitornation.com, I can't wait to see you over there. I'm so grateful you're here for the show. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. We are well past 600 episodes, and that's all because of you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for continuing to tune in each and every week. And now I'm excited to get to introduce you to Margot Alvarez. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited. Yeah, I reached out, obviously very familiar with your career from a CrossFit side, since that's kind of where we started as a brand back in 2011. But it's been a lot of fun to see you grow and develop and do all sorts of new things. And so I wanted to have you on the show to introduce you to just a couple of people who may not know who you are, 
but really talk about some of the awesome stuff you're doing right now, both athletically and then entrepreneurially. Um, and so to kick things off, give me a, if you could describe yourself in like one sentence life today, what would you say? Oh man, that's tough. Um, I would say I'm a winemaker, a small business owner, a seven times CrossFit games, athlete, NBC Titan, um, broadcaster in some capacity, depending on my experience and uh, a Las Vegas local, I guess I would try to like sum it up in that. I okay. Everything, but I was about to say the only thing I didn't catch was the tactical games. Oh yes. Tactical games. Yes. I would say that's, that's the newest endeavor that I'm working on is tactical games. Um, so I would add that for sure in there in terms of tactical games athlete or working into that space. I love it just because there's a lot of um, transferability to real life in terms of real life scenarios and situations. But yeah, that's not competitive in the slightest. I can tell uh, from all of (laughs) these ventures. What, what was some of your earliest competitive days? What were, what did you play growing up? How did you, I guess, channel that inner competitive fire as a kid? And and then kind of, as you grew up. That's a great question. I was just uh, filling something out and asking about like kind of the same thing. Like what's my background? I was like, man, I started to realize that I was maybe a little more competitive earlier on. I think the first competitions I really remember doing was Taekwondo testing for my black belt when I was 12. And then I think I was probably around 11 or 12 as well, 9, 10 or 11, 12. And I was competing in Western and then equestrian horseback riding competitions. So I at least ride horses. I loved it. And I slowly moved. I don't even know. I can't remember how, but I moved into the competitive field of like competing for that. That's a very, very expensive sport. Didn't last very long. I didn't have my own horse. So I was using horses from a family friends, uh, kind of like, I guess, area, house, barn, barn, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so it was a really unique experience. And I think that's probably the earliest days of competing. I know I played tennis when I was real little, like five, but that, I think that was just for fun. That was way back in the day. <laughs> so how transitioning from that, you got into PT, right? And training people as a, like a hu- human movement specialist. And then eventually you started doing CrossFit. And how did that kind of transition start? Because you were California, right? Which is kind of where that whole world was born. Yeah. So I went to school in Hawaii Pacific University and went out there. I wanted to play volleyball or golf, either one of those sports at, at the like the collegiate level. It didn't end up working out. So I just did like running on my own, try to figure out what to do with the gym. And then I eventually got into outrigger canoe paddling. And I did that for two years. Um, and then when I moved to the Bay, when I finished up school, I moved to the Bay and I started a, at a gym in Lafayette and I was the marketing assistant there that eventually did membership and sales. And then I had a lot of friends that I met that were personal trainers. And I love the human aspect of being able to help people. And I think that helping desire to that helping others stemmed from me not being able to help my sister. I know that's not something I could control in terms of her passing away in an accident, but I think not having that ability to save her or help her or protect her as an older sister, I think that stemmed and that kind of evolved into me wanting to help others in the physical capacity of, you know, maybe getting them stronger, maybe getting them a little bit less overweight, having them feel more comfortable with their body. And I think that evolved into that personal training aspect. And then that eventually turned into finding CrossFit, and then once I found CrossFit, I was, I was just taken back by the physical and the mental challenge. And that I think really threw me into the fire in terms of, man, this is really hard, but I want to get better at it. And then eventually that like was a very quick spark of wanting to compete in CrossFit, but also wanting to become a coach and be able to help other people in that kind of group setting versus a one-on-one setting. I'm curious about something you said there. You mentioned obviously channeling this desire to help others and into that, and that kind of sparked and ran it down another direction. 
Did you ever struggle? Because I see you obviously involved in everything we talked about in your intro. Struggle with the idea of identity being wrapped up in an athlete versus what sounded like a mission to help others. And, and I would think from the outside, when you've got that mission going into a sport and you look at it competitively and you do it, you have a very different relationship with your identity than say, for instance, I struggled mightily with football when I played because that's who I was. And then when it ended, I really struggled to make a second transition for a while. Whereas it seems like you've done a phenomenal job of like different ventures and opportunities. So I'm curious if it's been because of that purpose or if that's something you also struggled with as well. I think, I mean, that's a really good question. I think that being able to pivot and be dynamic and shift and evolve and mold is important. And I think I feel like I've been able to do a relatively good job at that from like, whether it's being a role of an athlete or a coach or having that evolve into something different. I think there is a challenge more so mentally than anything, because it's like you embody this role or you are this role, you are an athlete or you are a coach or whatever your title is for so long. And then when you're not that, it's like, oh man, is that the only thing that defines me? And I think I tried to make sure that I wasn't just that, not to take away from anyone or any individual that is just that. I don't like to place that pre-context of just like, yeah. I'm using just that we're like, oh, I only, I just went to the gym for an hour. I just went for a run, like take that connotation out. So I just want to clarify that. But I think that being dynamic and being able to say, hey, I'm this and I'm this versus this or this or this, but this. And I think also being involved as an athlete, but then also coaching at the same time that allowed me to be fluid within those two roles as an athlete and a coach for those number of years that I was, and then evolving into a small business owner. And I think it was more hard to deal with it mentally because when I was still competing and getting ready to launch my business, I would physically be in the gym doing my training, but mentally I'd be like, man, I need to do this paperwork or I didn't get that paper notarized. I need to get this signed in. I need to send that check. But then when I was at my computer doing that work, I'd be like, man, I only did two rounds of my accessory work versus three or four. Like, am I going to like not make it? So it was tough. That was more the battle mentally of knowing that I had these two roles that I was doing more of like a small business owner and athlete going back and forth. So I for sure struggled with it. I think that as individuals, we all have varying levels of that and knowing how to work with it and be okay with it and being kind to ourselves and saying, Hey, I may no longer be the athlete that I was before, but I still identify as an athlete in myself because I know that I'm constantly going to push myself to some sort of physical challenge. I've noticed that over the years. And I think that a lot of people think like to be an athlete, you have to, you know, be this high level competitor. And it's like, you don't think athletically, like athlete comes from athletic in terms of athleticism and being able to what to do and what you can do. And I think again, competition doesn't have to be like, okay, now you're an athlete was when you compete. And I imagine a lot of people out there that maybe don't compete. They don't want to compete. They have no desire, but they are some sort of athlete in the gym because they're putting their test, their body to the test. Yeah, no, I I agree. And and for Mm -hmm. us, you know, we're all about the competitive mentality of what are you doing today to challenge yourself to grow, to get better, which speaks directly to that. One of the things you said there that struck me, and, and I heard you say it in some other interviews I listened to prepping for today was the the balance of, oh, I'm thinking about the paperwork, I'm doing this. And I remember, obviously, not nearly the level you were at when I was CrossFitting, but struggling of like, oh, I want to get better at muscle-ups and some heavy cleans, but oh my gosh, we got to take care of what's the new, is it like my head was playing in both spaces and I really, I struggled with that for a while and felt like business didn't grow as quickly because I was trying to play both worlds to where I had to 
come to the okay or the realization that there are seasons of life, just like there are seasons of weather, and you have to be yes. okay with different seasons. For you, you've had some different athletic seasons. And I'm curious, what has been for your side, at least the catalyst of changing? I know individual team kind of going away from the, the competitive side, focusing on business, now tactical games, kind of what's been your thought process or journey through those different seasons? And then also just personally being okay with seasons having a start and an end. I love that because I've talked to someone recently. We, I think we talked about a similar capacity of like seasons of life. And I think that's spot on. And I feel like there has been a lot of change and a lot of different seasons in my life. And I think for me, it's like sometimes letting go of one thing. And then that essentially allows me to grab onto the next thing and shifting from, you know, being an individual to a team. It was kind of a pivotal point where it's like, I love the competition. I love challenging myself. I love training, but I think there was a, a pivot point where I was like, I want to give more to my business. I want to be able to grow my business. I wanted to get more into distribution. I want to be able to have my product in more locations, but it was hard to do that training and being in the gym for six, eight hours a day, five days, six days a week. And so I had to say, all right, I'm going to, you know, decrease the amount of time training so that I can increase the amount of time that I'm doing with my business, whether that's traveling for events, hosting more events, working with the distributors, um, doing ride-alongs with the sales reps. And I think that once I started to get that into that flow, it's like that season slowly came. It's just not, it's not all of a sudden like, oh, one day, you know, you pivot and you switch just like a season. It takes a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, depending on where you're at, right? Maybe you get a big old storm and the next thing you know, it's winter. So there might be that shift. But I think that for myself, it's allowing myself to kind of like close that one door. And as that door is closing, the other one's opening. So it's like being okay. And there's, I think there's that point where, and myself, I envision of like this individual that's literally letting go of a door handle. And there's that point where like you are float, like floating in a point at a point where you don't have contact with both doors. And that point can sometimes be scary because what if all of a sudden that door that you're going for is going to close? And it's tough because I've had, I use that analogy because I've had a lot of doors close in my face in terms of opportunities with business or getting the wine into shops or states for that matter. And I think for myself, it's like, I've tried to be just very dynamic and not have the mentality of like, oh, it is what it is. But it's like, I know there's certain things that I can control and there's certain things I can't control. And I think a lot of the training that I did leading up to competing in CrossFit and then through my competitive years in CrossFit, knowing that not everything's going to go to plan, that you sometimes you need to be dynamic and you need to shift, that that helped me into the business world and that helped me in terms of what I'm doing now. And even as an athlete going from, you know, CrossFit as an individual to team that eventually American Ninja Warrior and then Titan games and then golf and then tactical games, like this kind of like wave and ebb and flow. And I think for me, I've always wanted to do everything, but I know that I can't be like the best at everything. And it's kind of ironic that that's how CrossFit is. It's like, you can't be the best at one thing. You need to be like decent at a lot of things. So I don't <laughs> know. Right. I think it's, yeah, I think it's something I've just learned over the years. And I try to like, I know it sounds corny, but it's like, be like water, like the water is going to take whatever shape it's in. Right. So sometimes you have to be a little more fluid, no pun intended, um, to whatever you're going towards. Well, and to that water analogy, you know, water cuts through rock over time from that persistence. So it's the idea of being fluid and continuing to show up. I appreciate you, you sharing that because I know some of the people that listen to the show and a few of my coaching clients as well are in seasons, you know, they train for an Ironman, they're training for an outdoor 50 K and they feel the pressures of still trying to keep everything else going in life at the same level. And, and you can. And so it's kind of the explaining of you're going to have a, a, a season where this is a focus. And then when it slows, though, you need to ramp back up family. You need to put more focus back over here and be OK with your athleticism shifting down a little bit because you're not in 
try mode or, or race mode. So I, I really appreciate you hearing, uh, hearing you say that. Talk to me about this wine business because I'm fascinated by it. And I know, I mean, from friends of mine here in Texas that are on the distribution side uh, for liquor brands and, and beer, it's a tough business and ultra competitive. And you were like, I'm going to go into that. So I've got to know like what, what about the challenge inspired you to say, I want to do this? Uh, well, there's definitely things that I did not know going into it. I think that naivety or that unknown of like, I don't really know what I'm getting into. That innocence maybe was kind of beneficial in the beginning because of knowing what I know now. It's like, man, like I kind of second guess sometimes. Like I'm glad I've done what I've done because it's given me a whole different perspective and kind of like seeing behind the curtain of business. It's um, like it's like PRing when you don't know the weights on the bar because you're not talking yourself out of how quote heavy it is. Exactly. You're like, oh, it's like only a hundred pounds. You're like, oh, it's actually 125 pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a great analogy. And I think for me, it is learning the wine kind of business and industry as we're doing it. Like it was great to learn, but it was like, there's a lot of, like, like I said, things behind the curtain that I didn't really know or see about and learning about it. It is a very difficult industry. It's very saturated. Uh, and there's kind of a joke in the wine industry. It's like, if you want to make a million dollars in the wine industry, you need to start with $5 million. I'm like, cool. That's great. I wish I would have known this, you know? Um, but I think that's where my resilience and my determination to continue. It's like, I love fitness and I love wine. And I feel like there was a lot of parallels in life. Um, and you look at wine, you think of, all right, cool. I'm going to open this bottle and share it with family and friends. I'm going to wind down at the end of the day. And that's great. But it's like how much time was put in to make that wine. Like you had to like plant the grapes and you had to let the grapes age in the vines, right? Like, so it takes a couple of years and eventually you harvest them and you crush them, you press them to stem them, all that stuff. So it's a process. So it's like that process is very similar to like the training that I was doing in terms of the games. I had to spend, you know, a good six, eight hours in the gym, multiple days in a week, multiple weeks and months and years. And it didn't just happen overnight. And I feel like those were a lot of things that are parallel. I'm like, all right, if I can showcase and packages up, say, hey, like you too can work hard and wind down because yes, it's about the journey and yes, it's about working hard. But if you don't take a moment to slow down and really appreciate the people or the space around you, you're going to look back and be like, man, I wish I would have appreciated that. And I think again, like I speak from personal experience of my sister passing, like having that, knowing that if she would have passed in the future, like I would have taken more time to spend time together, or like make those experiences. And like, again, I can't go back and I can't control it, but I know that that experience has taught me like, Hey, like I am not guaranteed tomorrow, next month, next year. No one is um, as much as we like to think. And I think the younger we are, the more we feel like we are invincible or we are going to live forever. And not until we get older or not until we have experiences like that, where life is taken from us, I think it changes our perspective. And so for me, I thought, all right, if I can showcase how people, how I work hard and wind down and how hopefully other people can find that, whether they drink or don't drink, maybe it's bonbons on the couch with the kids. I don't care, but it's finding something that allows them to wind down. That was kind of the inspiration behind starting my business and being able to showcase that. And I also knew that I wasn't going to be an athlete forever in terms of competing. Um, it takes a lot of time and energy. And to be able to do that year after year, you have to be committed. And like you said, that season, that is the focus for the most part. And I was starting to learn, like, as I was starting to get my business and as I was starting to harvest and take the grapes to crush, like there was hard times where I was like, I'm driving, you know, 22 hours in two days. And I, I can't really work out. Cause if I go to lift and I mess up my back because I'm sitting for 22 hours, like that's going to set me back even more. So I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but no, I, I, I actually loved it. <laughs> and I appreciate it. It's interesting. There's two pieces that stood out. One, just the way you talk about your appreciation for life in moments and creating experiences and really interesting, the guest uh, who aired last week, Jody Wellman, she has a brand called 4,000 Mondays. 
And it's essentially in an average woman's lifetime, she has 4,000 Mondays. Men, because we average death like five years sooner have less. And so she's all about like memento mori. How do you live these moments without a near-death experience and taking advantage and taking these moments? And so I love that. The other piece I really appreciate is especially here on the show, like we have the mentality, show up, compete, get better every day. But if your friend is having a tough time and wants to go just have a beer and talk about it, but your hardcore training, go sit and have a beer with them or have tonic water, a topo, have a glass of wine, <laughs> yeah. uh, eat a piece of your kid's birthday cake instead of, oh, I can't do it. Like those moments and experiences and hearing it from a high level competitive athlete carries so much different weight than from me. And so I really appreciate that of don't pass up human experiences and opportunities to create them because you're so locked into something that you take away the relationships that are far going to outlast that one moment, that one second. Mm -hmm. So I really, really appreciate you saying that. One thing I'm curious about just from this business standpoint and diving into this ultra competitive business, did you have any sales experience prior to this? And if not, like, how did you start to build and develop it? Like, cause the getting into distributors, I mean, you're banging on shut doors all the yeah, time with like eight locks. <laughs> yes. Go away. Um, go away. Yeah, exactly. I did not have any sales experience and that's something that I look back and I, I, it's hard to be a salesperson because you have to kind of be not necessarily pushy, but you need to be a little yeah. aggressive. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very outgoing individual. I'm a very confident individual and I'm all about meeting new people and hearing about people's stories and conversations. But then when it comes to like promoting myself or pushing myself, I'm, it's very hard. Like I'm a very humble down to earth individual. Like ego is not something I, I feel like I embody most of. I try sometimes to be a little more confident and say, Hey, this is what I've done. I've gotten better over the years, but not having any sales experience was hard because again, you're going to like locked doors and you're going to close doors. And they're like, they open it up and they peek and they're like, who are you? Like, you're like, you're with nobody. All right, cool. Come back when you're, when you're with someone. And so for me, it's like learning and understanding the business was very difficult. Like luckily I had um, a friend of ours. He was the GM of the distributor here in Vegas. And we had a conversation. This was right before 2018 game. So I just moved here in Vegas and he was like, Hey, you know, if you decide to move here, like if you decide to, to come here, we can have a conversation and, you know, talk about what we could do to like bring the wine in. And like, he wanted to work with me, but he also told me, he's like, the only reason I'm talking to you and the only reason we're entertaining this conversation is because of who you are in the CrossFit space and the fitness world. If you were anybody else that didn't have this following or didn't have this support, probably wouldn't bring you in. And I appreciate the, the, the honesty and the straightforwardness because it's like, hey, like, all right, cool. Like, what can I bring to the table? How can I utilize my assets that I have? Because I don't have deep pockets. Like these large companies were like, hey, here are Beyonce tickets. Oh, here are tickets to front row concerts. Yeah. I don't have those resources. I wish I did. I don't. But I learned that, all right, how can I leverage my relationships or how can I build positive relationships with these individuals? And I told, you know, restaurants, distributors, uh, wine shops, like, what can I do to bring something to the table? Like I have connections. I can bring people. We can do special events. We can do tastings. And a lot of people are all on board, but to do all that, I first have to have a distributor. And so that was kind of my first step into Vegas, which was great, but it takes a while. Like just because you get into distribution doesn't mean like all of a sudden your products on the shelf. And so it took months of like calls and emails and ride-alongs and talks. And even that, like being so fresh and new, like it's all of a sudden like, all right, cool. Now I have a couple months of like trying to sell 
these sales reps, like they have years of experience. Like it takes time to build that. Just like going to the CrossFit games, you can't just like, all right, I do CrossFit for a month and now I can go to the games. Yep. All right, I weightlift and now I can do a competition. Like by all means do it. Like I competed like for two weeks of CrossFit. I was like, yeah, let me sign up for the open in 2011. Who gives a F? <laughs> I mean, I mean that was way back in the day. Every, everybody in 2000, I laughed like exactly. 2011, you could sit on the sidelines and be like, I'm one really good year of training away from being able to make that. And then like 2012, they throw in like for guys, like 225 pound hand cleans and everybody's like, okay, this got a little more serious pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, that got spicy fast. <laughs> yeah. So how, it's- how did you, so along those lines though, how did you continually stay focused on what you could control, how you were improving? And I would say this even from an athletic sense as well on, on Titan Games and CrossFit. Versus getting caught in what a lot of people do of the comparison game and where yeah, it, you fall short against other brands or other people from an athletic sense. I think it's very difficult because we are quick to, as humans, quick to go to the negative, quick to compare like, yeah. oh, this person, that brand, that company. And I think something I did a lot with in CrossFit and training with my coach was, you know, looking at kind of what is my goal? How am I going to kind of like break this down into a mantra? So we had a mantra that I did for training and I feel like that bled a lot into the business aspect. And then also as an athlete, as I moved on from CrossFit in terms of different like athletic endeavors, like be accountable. What's my goal? How am I going to be accountable to that? How am I going to prepare and execute? What's going to give me my plan of action for that, but then review my work. How do I stop and review like what's working? If my training isn't going to allow me to get better and improve my muscle up or improve my runtime, let me take a step back. Same thing with my strategy. Like, all right, is traveling around the different states and doing wine events beneficial? If it is awesome, cool. Like, let me continue to do it, but within restrictions of like what I can afford or what can I do timeframe wise. And also legality wise, it's wine, it's alcohol. It's, it's very difficult because they make so many restrictions against it compared to like soda or donuts. Or oh, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, Texas, Texas, we can't ship anything in. I, I favorite stuff. I can find a bottle in another state and it's like, do I have a keynote in that state that I can check a bag and bring it back yeah. because I can't? Yeah. So you Is have to this play olive oil game. and candles. No, yes. <laughs> I've brought back alcohol from Europe and somehow it's made it safely. So we will, we will pack it in a bag if we need to. That's Let, awesome. <laughs> I want to ask you, you said something there uh, talking about strategy, learning development. And then I heard you talk about in a similar sense with when you joined the tactical games of like, meh, I don't really know what I'm doing compared to everybody else, but I'll just figure it out. You have a very strong growth mindset, it sounds like. And I'm curious how you continue to cultivate that growth mindset. Um, or, and if it's been kind of a lifelong, or you you had an area of life where you were kind of stuck with a fixed mindset in, in an area, maybe outside of athletics, and how you learn to groom and develop it toward a growth mindset. That's a great question. I think, I think back to like my like my like just my life in general in terms of growing, I think I've always been dynamic in terms of putting myself in uncomfortable environments or situations. And I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's just part of who I was or, you know, the combination of my parents. Um, and I think back to like one kind of moment that was, I think for me, it was at the time, it was a very scary moment. I was doing a study abroad in Monaco. I landed in Paris or I believe it was Paris in France. And then I had to take a shuttle bus to my apartment in Capdi, which is south of like Southern part of France didn't speak the language. I had two suitcases. I had a backpack. My roommate that was going to be meeting there from university wasn't going to arrive for a couple hours. And so getting on this bus, the bus, not knowing where I'm going, trying to communicate like on a map or like, Hey, this is where I'm trying to go. It was a very uncomfortable situation and very, um, 
very tough position because I couldn't communicate what I wanted to say. I wasn't sure where I was going. Who's to say someone would attack me and take my stuff? Who's to say that you were a giant American target right there? Yes, 100%. And I was 20 at the time, I think that was 20, 2005. Yeah, so I was 20 at the time. And I think that the only, not the only way, but the way for me to grow at that immediate moment was to be in that uncomfortable environment and say, suck it up buttercup like what am I going to do sit and cry in a corner wait for my friend to come like yeah I could have waited but I'm like I kind of had that adventurous like all right I'm just going to figure it out I'm going to get there and again I like you said like that's the personality and the the spirit I've had and I think I will figure it out and again that was one of the most I think scary unsure of what's going to happen scenarios but I was like F it like if I'm going to do it I'm going to do it and I think that same mentality showed its head too when I decided to leave my full-time marketing job and instead of moving across country to go continue that job I said all right cool I'm going to stay here and you know continue my personal training get back into you know personal training and working with clients and then hopefully figure out what I'm going to do and you know focus on CrossFit in terms of being a coach and being an athlete and I literally like threw myself into that and I know my dad my mom was like both my parents were supportive my dad was kind of like uh, like, how's this going to pay off? Like, you're going to, like, you're going to have any health insurance. I'm like, no, I'm going to get rid of it all. Like not going to have anything. <laughs> and it's like, people are kind of like, you're crazy. I'm like, I am kind of a little crazy. And I, I remember the first time having that circle back to me was when I was trying to get my wine into Montana. And I met with one of the distributors in Missoula. And he was like, didn't say crazy, but he's like, you know, you're really persistent and you're really like pushing this. It's like, you know, like good for you. He's like, but it's hard as a small business. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Excuse my language. Like, I know it's yeah. hard. I know it's challenging, but no one's going to do it for me. I don't have a sales rep team. I, no one's going to push my wine or promote my wine. So I have to do it myself. And I think that mentality of putting myself in that environment, maybe I'm not ready for it, but I say F it. Like, let me, let me get there. I think that's helped me in terms of growth and helped me evolve and get better. And it's hard at times. Cause there's times I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like I want to be in my comfort zone, but it's like, I tend to not do that very often. <laughs> No, that's, you know, it's funny. My wife studied in Spain during school and she talks about just life-changing experience. My best friend did Ireland. And so there's something to studying abroad, especially in a, in a country where you don't speak the main language and you're having to learn it of pushing you toward growth. For everyone listening, that's like, well, I'm past that age. I can't do a study abroad program. You can still travel <laughs> yeah, and traveling to another country or just signing up, signing up for a 5k if you've never run a race, signing up for a local competition to get out of your comfort zone really pushes that growth opportunity, as you talked about, of building kind of that muscle with discomfort that it becomes a little more familiar and you're a little more okay with it. So I, I really love hearing that. So today you you obviously have the wine, your tactical games competitive, and then you also recently launched Celeste by MA, which is your online training program, right? So you do online coaching. Tell me one who that's geared toward and a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So I've, I've been in the fitness industry for over 14 years and I've been a competitive athlete for 10, almost over 10 years now. And I wanted to create an online program and coaching aspect where I'm creating this community and I've done it in other ways where I've had, you know, like my Facebook group where I'm inspiring people to get active and get moving, but it's for anyone that's either starting their fitness journey or they want to advance their fitness journey or if they want to just take it to the next level, um, or if they're just trying to improve the mobility. Cause I've had some people reach out like, man, I don't stretch. I don't do anything. I don't know where to start. I'm like, cool. I have a program that you can start. It's very easy. It's scalable. Um, so I wanted to create a kind of a one-stop shop for people that they can come in and they can be surrounded like like-minded individuals. Um, and I wanted to create not just the program itself, like, Hey, here's the program you can follow it, but also the video coaching aspect. And I wanted to create a place where I can coach people. Cause I feel like 
again, I'm, I'm not someone that like toots my own horn, but I'm like, I feel like I'm a pretty good coach. I've had a good amount of experience. I have 14 years as a trainer, but also having the opportunity to travel around the world and work with other people in different languages and also work with people of different ages, anywhere from three to five to, you know, like 75, 80, putting myself in an environment to now have to be able to coach a variety of different people. I've gained a lot of experience and I wanted to be able to package that up and provide that for people. So it provides not only the aspect of the program, but also the coaching aspect visually. Um, and then of course we have a community on there where we can interact and we can do uh, conversations where you have questions about anything. We currently have a challenge going on. Um, it's called earn your grapes challenge. And it's, um, it's a, a whole program. That's just body weight. People have the option to do dumbbells. There's a scaled version as well, but the intention is just to create a place where if people are hesitant to get back, maybe they don't feel comfortable going to the gym or they don't have a gym. They can work out from home, their living room, their garage. And I just wanted to create a place where it's supportive, but also accountable. Like, I can, you know, hold your hand, but that's not going to always going to be the best for you. I want to be able to be there to like support you, but also know that you have to take those steps to be able, sorry, you have to be able to take those steps to be able to make change and make growth. And I think that's where I want to be again, as supportive as a coach, but also a place where it welcomes you. So you feel comfortable. Cause I know I've had people tell me like, Hey, I really don't want to go to a gym. I'm super intimidated. And it's like, I've never felt that that level, mm -hmm. but I know there's our people, there are people out there like that. So it's like, I wanted to create this place where at least it can maybe the first step to get them to like working out and moving and feeling comfortable and having a coach virtually. I will. And I will say for anybody listening, that's in that boat of, I, I'm a little intimidated to go to the gym when I'm there, there's no one I'm more proud to see than the person who looks uncomfortable, doesn't know exactly what they're doing, maybe out of shape. Because I know it takes way more guts and courage to go into the gym like that than the person that's just jacked. It looks like they work out every single day because it's kind of their, their safe, they're used to going there. And so yeah. it's kind of that, you see that person who's making those first steps, who's uncomfortable. Like me personally, I'm like, let's go. Like, I will cheer you on. You have a question all day. So anyone listening that's struggling with that, know that there are people cheering you on in those spaces. And if you're still not comfortable, Margo's got an incredible program. I actually laugh because I see it on LinkedIn. I see like workouts and stuff all the time on LinkedIn that you share of like, here's an idea, here's a workout, here's something you can do. Um, so if you're not obviously following her on uh, Instagram, which is three, two, one, go. I just love <laughs> that. The, uh, her LinkedIn account does a ton of great content, which is, is how we started chatting about this. Margo, where is the best place? You've got a couple different spots for people to stop and get connected with you, but let's say the wine and then as well as your training, where are the best two places for folks to find you? Yeah. So if people are looking for the training, they can go to Celeste by MA. The best probably place would be either in my Instagram handle as I have like the exact link right there. So it makes it easy to click and access that. If they're interested in checking out wine, I am unfortunately all sold out at the moment. I'm working on the next production. It's so a good holiday problem to have right there. Know, Everybody's going to be popping so bottles for Christmas. Out. They're like, where's the wine? I'm like, I'm all out. They're like, well, that's good. I'm like, yeah, but it's a yes and no. As a business exactly. owner, I get it. You're like, oh, you're sold out. Yeah, but I kind of need it still. So I yeah, get it. Yeah, like you need to bring it in sales. So, but yeah, so they want to check out the wine or at least um, the website. It's called thegoatwine.com. And so I'm hoping that I'll be able to do the next production early 2023. Things have been crazy with inflation and price increases. So I'm trying to like 
kind of ride out a little bit and see hopefully things will decrease because it's been uh, it's been brutal to be honest. <laughs> I very much can relate and and for those listening that aren't familiar anything that is a food beverage physical good the costs have been bananas. I mean even just t-shirts we've laughed about the massive increase in production on that end. So I can yeah. only imagine from the wine and bottling standpoint. Let's say okay so everything starts rolling again are you going to be doing I'm assuming the goal yoga and wine offline events next year. Do you tend to do those all over the country, specific states, so listeners can kind of be on the lookout? Yeah. So I would love, I love doing, I travel and do yoga and wine nights. Um, we've done them as far as like Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, and we've done them in Texas. So it depends on kind of where I'm going, but if I can kind of plan out like a trip where I'm like, Hey, I can do, you know, three events in this area or this city, then that allows me to kind of strategically plan like, all right, cool. I can do a trip. I want to say last year in 2021, I did like a three week wine tour. Um, I was able to go out to Wisconsin, went to South Dakota, went to like Nebraska, did some like in-person special deliveries. Um, I did some events. We had events in Colorado. I think Colorado had the most events. I had like seven events in a week, which sounds weird. Like, how's that possible? But I had like double days, but it was good. good. So hopefully I'll be able to do those in the near future as well. Um, Again, the special, the in-person special events are always fun to me because I love to personally connect with people, Um, getting to share my story, but also getting to meet people and hear their stories is always more fun than like, obviously online. I've done some online tastings and those are fun, but the in-person just can't replace that. No, no. I mean, that's, that is the one thing, even though they were exhausting and and we don't do them anymore, the old school regionals, CrossFit games, booths set up, just talking to people that like you see their names online, you interact, but like having that face-to-face is just a different experience. Well, if you will keep us posted, we'll make sure we get the word out when you start planning your 2023 for anybody listening. If you're coming to their area, obviously if you're in Texas, we're going to come out and support, um, Absolutely would love to one. I want to try the wine, uh, yes. but two, Definitely. just to get out and support. Cause we're all about good people doing great work. So Margo, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show this week. This was fun. This is awesome. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the compete everyday podcast to get plugged into competitor nation, find more episodes, pick up your next favorite shirt or tank, or find out ways how we can work together through my speaking and coaching programs visit competeeveryday.com.